da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Okay, Brian Gillow, what is the movie of the week this week? This week's film of the week is Josh Trank's Fantastic Four. Which one are we reviewing? The one that came out or the one that is in apparently his brain? <laughs> I mean, both, I thought. I, wait, I also wait. came up with my own version. So Wait, so so it's not Fant Four Stick? I, no. I could have. I mean, I read the poster no. and it clearly said <laughs> Fant Four Stick. So to all you listeners out there that may not be thrilled with this podcast, I promise you we have a better one of this podcast, but it just didn't come out. Yeah. So and you'll probably never blame it on the producers, you know, the studio and the producers the studio got to screwed it, us again. It, Gosh, it made me sound nasally and terrible <laughs> and uh, made all of our thoughts dumb. So yeah. if that's what you My feel, laugh sounds really loud and obnoxious because of the studio. <laughs> we get it. Like, we don't like it either, but that's just what the studio decided, guys. Yep. It's just the way it goes with these things. I mean, it's tough. No one has it's ever tough, made a right? good movie in a studio system. I know. So, they just stifle wait. all of our creativity. <laughs> Jerks. Oh, geez. Oh, my gosh, guys. <laughs> What's this... up? <laughs> Not a lot. I've been working really hard, busting my butt, and the one time I got a free time this week, <laughs> I spent watching this movie. So this is going to be a great podcast. Yeah. Can't wait. For those of you that don't know, Kent is uh, is currently – the sixth or seventh receiver on the Cowboys depth chart. I'm actually really the fourth. I'm actually the, uh, I'm on the, I'm the fourth running back now. I found out. Oh, today, nice. So. Suck it. McFadden. That's good. Uh, yeah. just yeah. I'm glad you could take some time off from hard work to, uh, to get in a, a delightful time at the movies. My gosh, guys, this is going <laughs> to be, this is going to be a doozy. I got to warn the listener. Uh, occasionally things come along that, uh, we don't necessarily, how should I put this? Um, enjoy. <laughs> Respect. Yes. And uh, this happens to be one, but, you know, we love movies. We've said that a lot of times. We don't, we're not the podcast called We Hate Movies, which is <laughs> a, a just, I'm sorry, a ridiculous thing to do for a podcast. Like, why, how could anyone hate movies and then do a podcast on movies? Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, but we love movies. We love talking about great movies. And uh, but unfortunately, this year has been sort of a letdown, in my opinion. Uh, we're now in August, fellas, and so we're starting to get to the, I guess, pit of the summer, the late August, early September's. We'll probably see some pretty disappointing movies there. But uh, Oscar season is just around the corner. The summer movie season is officially over. I feel like uh, after last week with Fantastic Four being like the last big attempt at a tentpole film of the year. Brian, I guess, how do you feel? now about uh how the summer has gone yeah it's been kind of a letdown hadn't it i i don't think how the year has gone i should say yeah i, I it's a very it's a back heavy year it was that way when we set out uh at the beginning of the, of the year i i had trouble coming up with 10 films that i was really excited about in the first half of the of the year i always write a write a, a piece on that and then there were 18 or 20 movies that i was really excited about in the back half of the year so i i think we're we're definitely this being one of them Right, obviously. I mean, number one, Star <laughs> yeah. Wars just is terrible comparatively. I would imagine, but we're we're about to hit the 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 upswing. We're, we just got to go. We got to get through 
three, four more weeks of of kind of slogging through. Although Black Mass looks incredible, and that's not too far away now. That's like a month off. So uh, I think we're gonna end strong. I'm really excited about some of the stuff that comes out later this year. But the summer, the summer for all of its uh, virtues and for it's made a this summer has been a huge, huge, huge cash grab for for studios. Which is great. I'm all, I'm good with that. Uh, Jurassic World itself, I think, made more than every movie combined from last summer. It seems like, but but from a just are these are these or are they not good movies? I would say that it's been a little bit of a disappointing summer. Inside Out still still sticks out as the best movie, I think, and Sorry. and there are a few other. Do you other... not see? Do you not, do you not see Furious Seven? Because I did. <laughs> Not I forgot. That He's talking about summer. summer. Yeah. Gosh, that was like it seems like it was in March, wasn't it? Like the first weekend of April or something. Like, man, it seems yeah. so long ago. I don't think it's been a bad summer. I just don't think that it has quite lived up to the hype that we ex- that we had We've for had it going in. That, yeah, that were going to yeah. be big. Like this was going to be big. Um, yeah. Tomorrowland was supposed to be big. Right. Avengers two let down. I thought. Yeah, probably a little bit of letdown content wise. Mm-hmm. Aloha, crush. Oh, sorry, Brian. No one else thought that was going to be good, but I'm I sorry. I know, I know. Just let me be. <laughs> Brian, um, believe it or not, Brian, the only person on the planet Earth who saw it the opening weekend. So you got. I mean, that's a pretty big thing. You know, did you Cameron Crowe send you that plaque? Uh, yeah, I'm putting it on my tombstone. So <laughs> <laughs> having Aloha tattoo now as well. But uh, you know, it's weird that he uh, he. He sends you a note with a required soundtrack every time you have to read his emails. Right. Yeah, I love that part, though. That's my, that's my favorite thing about <laughs> Remember when Vin Diesel said at the beginning of the year that if Furious 7 isn't nominated for an Academy Award, then the Academy <laughs> is crazy? Yeah. And we're now in the mid-August, and it looks like it could be one of the best Top pictures five. of the year. Yep. Yeah, Top easy. Five. Easy. <laughs> he was not wrong. Oh, man. <laughs> Turns out it has less to do with Fast 7 and more to do with the rest of the movies. He saw them all. He's like, I didn't care for Tomorrowland. While seeking Rihanna, yeah. I've heard some really good stuff about Straight Outta Compton coming out this yeah. weekend. It's it's getting a little, some Oscar-y buzz. So good. I'm excited for that one. But, I think um, we're going to squeeze in like a, a uh, an indie movie before too long. We're going to do, I think we're going to try to do a, an end of the tour review i know richard saw it and he's excited about Yay. it so i have not seen if it i can get we if may you... get one of those 20 or 25 minute episodes in somewhere sure. we should do that we should do or maybe like a recap of the smaller summer movies all in one yeah like we could do idea. like that maybe the gift maybe uh you know straight out of compton which may end up being big now it's getting a I huge think it's get huge that marketing campaign is so genius that's yeah. the most yeah. genius thing i've seen maybe ever for a movie the little filters they released, you can change the change the words. Yeah. Really, really good idea. Whoever thought of that is getting a raise. <laughs> yeah, probably just some guy. Hey, them. we should like make an Instagram filter thing, and so we could. What we should do is get a picture of Josh Trank and have a filter that says "Straight Out of Ideas." Ah, I see what you did there. I like it. Straight out of Vicodin. Like, <laughs> pretty sure he. It's one of those guys that has to control himself medically. <laughs> I allegedly, I allegedly. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about this movie. Uh, not only what what went wrong, but about Josh Trank. I don't think we've had a Josh Trank conversation yet. Trank talk. Trank talk. <laughs> Hashtag Trank talk. 
Hashtag Trink Talk 2K15. <laughs> so we haven't since our, I, I would say probably since our Trank Summit last year. <laughs> Pretty successful event considering. Yeah. What a great time that was. Yeah, it was. Thanks to the good people of Shreveport for hosting us, by the way. <laughs> the thing we got 2,000 people fly in. <laughs> a lot of Chronicle fans out there. At $900 a head, too. It was not a cheap affair, but totally worth the price of admission, if you ask me. Before we talk Fantastic Four. Can we just talk Chronicle? No. <laughs> if you want me to rage hard, I will talk Chronicle. Uh, before we talk Fantastic Four, Richard, I believe we have some shout outs. We do indeed have some shout outs. So uh, we like to do this every once in a while, once a month or so, is shout out some of you that have reached out and contacted us. Uh, we try to always email back, tweet back when we can. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it's nice to hear your name on the uh, fake radio, which is what I call podcasts. So I'm going to read some some reviews we've gotten on iTunes. And then, Brian, do you have a email or a tweet or two that you could uh, you can insert into this as well? Sure. Let me. Uh, That's what she that said. Up. Okay. So... I like this one because of how specific it is. Okay, Kent? This okay. is from A.K.A. Wilhelm. Gotcha. My, and the title of this, it's a four-star review out of five, which is great. Thank you. But I like the title is my second favorite movie podcast. W- A.K.A. Wilhelm goes on to say, I still like film spotting better, but these guys are a real close second. The analysis isn't as erudite. Erudite? I never know how to say that. I've only ever written that word. I've never said it out loud. But they erudite, erudite. It's that's obvious that this. Oh, it's already obvious this guy's a huge fan of film spotting. If he's using the word erudite in an yeah, iTunes review, it's erudite. <laughs> now, now, that I, now that I read it better, I, I can say I, I, I've said it out loud. Erudite. But they do talk about movies I've actually heard of, which is good. I think I like to talk about movies people have heard of. The American Treasure segment isn't my favorite. Or sorry, Wilhelm. Uh, but they only do it once a month, so I can sit through it. Definitely recommended for movie fans. Well, thank you for your nice review. Okay, so Mad About Mad is the title of this one. This is John MM22. It's a five-star review. This says, oh, come on. Insert Brian Gill voice. Pretty sure that's a thing, right? I didn't know you had uh, a his voice. Didn't know you had a catchphrase, Brian. A yeah, come on. You're like Job. Um, All right, I'm excited now. <laughs> What do you? What is, is your voice a thing? It's a your voice is in fact a thing, right, Brian? All right, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. I'm catching awesome. on. Yeah. But you guys are by far one of my one of the best podcasts out there. You're all insightful and witty. I have enjoyed some of your. Ep- I've enjoyed all of your episodes. I look forward to more. Keep it up. And then he hashtags, which I'm a fan of this hashtag that John MM22 throws at us. Hashtag mad about mad. Boom. Drops Mike. <laughs> thanks john uh, yeah thank you john so this is another five-star review and we're not cherry picking here we get a lot of five-star reviews thank you guys we have 121 five-star seven four-star two three-star 12 two-stars which is, uh, those are just give us a one-star two, two, two star is my favorite that's <laughs> yeah. the, i can't it's not really bad but it's pretty good but i kind of like it but but i hate it but i also kind of hate it yeah a 12 two-star and five one-stars so we have you know, only one other star is in the double digits, and there's only one star in the triple digits, and that would be five stars. So thank you, guys. You're, you're very kind. So uh, here we go. This one is from Lost Rocks My Socks. Uh, the mother of all podcasts is the title. These guys rock. As a new dad with not a whole lot of time to watch movies, they have single-handedly reinvigorated my love of film. 
In the late 90s, I worked at a couple of movie theaters and saw hundreds of movies for free while attending high school and college. Nowadays, my wife and I see maybe a movie a month if we're lucky. We're sorry, Lost Rocks by Socks, but that's, it's important to, to you know, spend time with your kid. Brian has a kid, and he sees five movies a month. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. my kid's writing a book about it right now. As we speak. <laughs> but after everything Their we do position. see, we make sure to listen to Ma'am guys for their witty insight and pretty spot-on reviews. The guys themselves are total nerds, so I'll be putting Sorry. myself in the locker tonight. <laughs> um, but I can say that I, in, the, in the most respectful way. Well, there's more respectful ways to say it, so work on that. <laughs> um, case in point, their geekgasms, gross, over the new Star Wars trailer. Hey, to be fair, it wasn't on that episode. They literally gush over it for nearly an hour straight. Whoa. This is getting oddly erotic. Yeah. And the whole podcast is filled with nothing but love and honest excitement. Or is that excrement? Nope, it's excitement for what the, what JJ has in store. It's a great listen for even the most casual of Star Wars fans. Also, if you haven't seen Now You See Me, Draft Day, or MacGruber, go see them now. Lastly, I can't express how much I appreciate their commitment to she- keeping the show family-oriented. Personally, and that just ended. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> because of your review. Thanks, man. Personally, I'm not offended by curses. But it's nice to know that I have any F-bombs being dropped while listening as I drive my daughter to daycare. Much love, guys. Keep up the great work. We've never talked about that on the show, that we do keep it kind of family-friendly. Yeah, yeah, uh, we, we, we have gotten some emails about that, uh, people wondering, uh, because we often say on the show, you know, I can't say this on air, or we were talking off air about this, and I won't bring you to the show or something like that, but that, that's exactly why. Uh, it's to keep it as family family friendly as yeah. possible, and to as to reach as wide of an audience as possible. This really, is the o- is the only reason because it is, it is weird when you have to do a clean review show about MacGruber or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but I think it makes us yeah. funnier because we have to really kind of be yeah. sneakier yeah, with right. our jokes, and it's yeah. it's I like that the show's that way. Great for movie lovers. Last one. This is by Becker Beck, who I assume is just a huge fan of um, the Ted Danson sitcom Becker. Yeah, and who isn't? Well, I mean, yeah. let's be. <laughs> exactly. Who, who doesn't love, love some Becker every now and then? If by every now and then you mean every night before exactly. you go to bed. Yeah, yes. Yeah, no. yes. Uh, I love this podcast. Great insight, movie knowledge, and best of all, humor. I really enjoy the throwbacks, too. Well, thank you. Short and simple. Early weekly recommend I want to throw out there. Becker on Blu-ray. I mean, you, you, <laughs> you can only truly experience Becker in glorious 1080p high definition. Just side recommend. Yeah, no, absolutely. You can really tell that that blind guy is, in fact, not blind. Yes. <laughs> God, um, I totally forgot about Becker. It's oh like my Stevie God. Wonder. I bet Becker has... This would be a fun game to play. I bet Becker, Becker has... <laughs> I totally <laughs> forgot that that show even existed. That's my point. I bet it has six seasons. It's always yeah. those kind of shows where you're like, what? It's like, yeah, they made 139 episodes. You're like, I'm Becker? Look it up. Uh, Kent, how many how many seasons do you think? I'll go I'll go an even five there. Actually, an odd five. But if dinosaurs had four seasons, Becker has five. Dead on the money, Richard. Six seasons. (laughs) Nice. Nineteen ninety eight through two thousand and four. Yeah, act like like you didn't know that, Richard. Yeah, right. You like the length of Arrested Development? Wow, sad. So far. So, so Brian, thanks. you have any email or tweet you wanna you wanna you wanna throw out there? And and we read these because we want you guys to to comment more and write in more. We like interacting with you, and uh, the iTunes reviews really help our numbers, which is like yeah. a weird algorithm thing that the iTunes has. And we do great in the ratings and all that. We're thrilled with where we are, but you know we're competitive, and so uh, we got to take all these 
these bad guys down. So uh, feel free to re- leave a comment or at least uh, you know give us a rating of five stars. And uh, you know what I have to say to the well, first the first reviewer. Film spotting would never shout you out on the show. So we <laughs> hopefully we're elevated to number one now in your heart. <laughs> Brian, any uh, yeah, I'll read an email. Sure. Uh, this one is from uh, Connor Finnerty in uh, Clifton Park, New York. He writes, hey, guys, love the show. A thought occurred. As you may be aware, New York, New York Yankees third baseman, now DH, Alex Rodriguez, was suspended for the 2014 season, then responded this year by hitting like a tank. He cited the suspension as motivation for him to focus on this game more and once again become great. Also, this is a side note for me. He probably found some new drug, but that's fine. Uh, This had me thinking, are there people in film or television, be they actors, directors, or creators, who could use this suspension for uh, for to the to enhance the quality of their work? I think it should be someone like Cameron Crowe, who had classics like Jerry Maguire, Singles, and Almost Famous, not unlike Mr. Rodriguez's MVP seasons and World Series title in 2009, but has proceeded to flame out. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts, uh, some of the thoughts you guys had. Again, that's from Connor Finnerty in Clifton Park, New York. I like so- that idea. That's something we should. Uh, we kind of talked about that, not so much suspension, but we can frame it that way on the Pixels podcast, mm-hmm. where I would be interested to see what the Sandman came out with if we suspended him for like five years. Right. If you just get in a room, write all of your ideas down, and we will only pick the best one after the next five years. I like <laughs> it. I like it. But it would probably be disappointing. It would be like Jack and Jill, too. Right. Like, what? He's like, I don't know. I was saying that was Spade in there the whole but time. But Al Pacino has a twin this time. <laughs> Oh, nice. Well, that's gold. Okay. Yeah. I mean, who do you think? Who would be? Who would benefit from a suspension uh, on your on your piece? Johnny Depp. That's not a bad. Yeah, that's pretty good. Johnny think, Depp needs yeah. he needs a Paul Thomas Anderson or a Quentin Tarantino or someone to come in there and be like, "Wow, Johnny Depp is pretty good." And Black Mass might be that. I hope yeah. that's what it is. But he's he's man for ten years. It's just been like, come on, like stop putting paint on your face and and doing these lone rangers of the world and and stuff so that's my vote yeah that's good i think connor hit it right for me with uh with cam crow because i think i mean i love cameron crow he made two or three of my favorite movies of all time and and those last the last few have been abysmal so i would love to i would love to believe that uh cameron crow has a great film in him again and uh so maybe maybe taking a hiatus and having to reconsider his priorities or write the best film that he can make or whatever whatever it may be maybe that would help uh kind of re-propel his career hey what's up ma'am fam kent here and yes if you're hearing from me you know it's time to talk about blue apron if you haven't tried out blue apron by now what the heck are you even doing blue apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country they deliver fresh meals straight to your door all the food is fresh it's sourced from local farms and there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now, and they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right. Well, let's 
Thank you, everyone, for writing in. And we get a lot of those, and we've gotten some fantastic four emails. Hopefully, I'll get to a few of those during this next portion of our show. So, guys. <laughs> I like the excitement that builds when a movie's terrible. And like, yeah, I do, too. Because we normally record the week after the big weekend, and like when we start getting stuff pouring in, it's never when it's good. It's never <laughs> like, yeah, you guys are looking forward to the Rogue Nation episode. Never happens. It's always when something's terrible, people get excited, which is a reputation that I enjoy. Okay, let's move on, and let's talk about Fantastic Four. Brian, being the completest that you are, I want you to give us your Fantastic Four franchise thoughts and uh, talk to us about where this movie fits in. The Fantastic Four franchise has two films in it prior to this one, if you if you don't recall. I believe Fantastic Four came out in 2005. It starred Ian Grufford. I probably butchered that, but, uh, you know, that's okay. This is a pretty terrible movie. Michael Chiklis played The Thing. Johnny Storm was Chris Evans. And Jessica Alba was Sue Storm. Uh, I, Richard, I think, had the great point off air of that's like the most 2005 cast ever. Like everybody in that cast just yes, seems like yes. straight out. And the, and the, is this, the villain. is this not the most 2015 cast ever? Yes. Kate oh, Mara, totally. Miles yeah. Teller, Michael B. Jordan, and yeah. Jamie Bell. Yeah. There, the only, there the only are way a would lot more of 2015. If there was like a, uh, a game of Thrones guy and like yeah. Sheldon was in it. <laughs> That's the thing. Oh, well, you yeah. left early. You missed Sheldon. As oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Was he the Silver uh, Surfer? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, it is widely, that movie is widely regarded as one of the worst comic book movies of all time. And then it was followed up by a sequel in 2007 called Rise of the Silver Surfer, which uh, I think is worse. So that's great. You, you My thought going into Fantastic Four maybe a month ago, because we'd seen a trailer I don't think the trailer looked good at all. Uh, but, you know, I think my thought was it doesn't look great, but it can't be worse than those original Fantastic Four movies. Um, because, again, there, I, I think they, if you looked at almost anybody's worst 10 uh, superhero comic book movies, those both are going to make an appearance. They're really, really bad films. Um, I tried to go back and watch at least the first one this weekend because I am a completist and I hate myself and you can't even rent them on Amazon. Like they're not available to, uh, to rent, which I didn't, I kind of didn't know was a thing. I, pre- I thought you could get pretty much any movie that's been released in the modern era, at least on Amazon. But, uh, so yeah, I think that kind of tells you not a lot of demand for these mil- movies. They're bad. They're really bad. The cast is not great. Uh, the direction is bad. They're not enjoyable. Um, but like, but this is so much worse, isn't it? Like, this is. Have either of you guys seen either of the the original two? Am I the only one? I've seen the first one. I saw okay. it in the theater, and I think that's the last time I saw it. And okay. I have not seen the Silver Surfer. No. Gosh, um, this is like this I is worse. This I've is worse. Seen. And I don't. I I thought for sure there was no way that uh, with Josh Trank at the helm and with the the talent that they had assembled, I didn't think there was any way that this could be a a really, really genuinely horrible movie, and boy is it. I mean, it's just, this is a colossal, colossal misfire, and I, there are not many people that are going to come out of this one unscathed. 
to be honest. I, I it think, already cost Trank uh, Star Wars, so yeah, yeah, it did, and it, and we're gonna talk a lot about Trank, but his career is over. I think his, I really think his career is over. I think it would take. It's not just because this is a this is a total train wreck, but also because of the way that he tried to distance himself from it in the most obnoxious, douchey way possible. Um, he's going to have to get back into indie films, and he would have to have... I think he would have to have three to five really good, successful indie films to be able to get a decent project from a studio again. I think he's going to be blackballed. I, I don't see how he survives this, given the way in which he tried to distance himself from it afterwards. Let's, but I'm sure we'll talk about that more. I kind of think Michael B. Jordan is the only one who comes out of, who, who yeah. potentially can come out of this because he has a track record as a very good actor. Miles Teller now has Whiplash, in which he is great, and I love Whiplash, and I know you guys did too, um, but then he has a lot of other, not just bad movies, but bad performances in bad movies to stack up against Whiplash on top of the interviews and stuff like that that he's been doing recently in which he also comes across as just a huge tool. Um, I don't, I'm not sure how, how things are going to work out for him moving forward. Maybe Jamie Bell is okay just because he's really not in the movie and people may forget that he was a part of this, but like Kate Mara, is she going to get a top four billing role in a in a big budget movie again i i don't think so and the two main stars of this are josh trank and miles teller and i really i would kind of be surprised if either of them uh come out without major major ramifications because of this movie because it's it's that it's that level of bad and both of them i think are greatly at fault for what what has happened here wow and i can't wait to get into specifics richard yeah, I have uh, very little back. Like, um, I didn't really like comic books much as a kid, and like this, the Fantastic Four is a big reason why. Because they were just like everywhere when I was a kid, and whenever I happened into a comic book store or something, I always found those characters boring. Um, so I always thought that every uh, non-Superman, Batman, Spider-Man comic character was like of that caliber. Uh, and then you know we've we've found that at least in the film universe that, you know, you can make a good secondary superhero movie pretty easily. Right. Uh, so, you know, I just don't really get why they keep trying to do this. I, I couldn't care less about, about these guys, but, uh, you know, I, I, I get it to an extent, uh, they're, I, I don't know, whatever they're, they have a market for whatever that is. Uh, Trank seemed like the right, he, you know, he had that kind of hot, hot streak, a couple years ago where he his name started flying around for every big blockbuster movie and this is the one he chose thank god because i don't care about this one um but yeah i didn't see any of the other two i don't think i may have seen the first one on cable i i think i remember a scene or two from it when i don't know how else i would have you know encountered it i know i didn't see the silver surfer one uh but yeah this just seems so like not of this time, like how these superhero movies used to be made, these bad ones. It, it they didn't seem to learn their lesson from those films at all. Mm-hmm. But then this is so much. You're right. It's worse. Like this isn't. You have to put this in like that Batman and Robin category or Green Lantern, right? Of uh, and granted, I stayed for just a shade over thirty minutes, but <laughs> um, it's 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 
as campy and silly and like aesthetically bad as Batman and Robin with the script of Green Lantern is the is the way. So I loved it. Fantastic. <laughs> Four. What uh, what's better? <laughs> what's better, uh, Green Lantern or Fantastic Four? Wow. Um, if Kate Mara had just been a vice president of a major defense organization <laughs> and flown a jet, this would have been better. Uh, but I think this is worse. Well, she's a nuclear physicist, so yeah, the same thing. I mean, tr- that's true. Fair enough. <laughs> wow, guys, this was just this was torturous. Yeah, this, this is for a superhero movie. This is so so boring. I mean, yes. just put you to sleep. Like, please, just just stop talking boring. They don't even mention powers or having super abilities for fifty minutes into this uh, into this movie. I timed it. It was fifty minutes, and that's being generous. I didn't include trailers or anything like that, so it might have been actually longer than than fifty minutes. This was just this was just so boring, and and. The dialogue it leads to nothing. It's not interesting. Any every plot line they're trying to throw at us, every backstory that they're trying to establish, it just falls flat. Great verb too. They're throwing plots at you. And, and I mean, <laughs> it's it's seriously that. And it's like, yeah. well, maybe if we uh, talk about, uh, maybe if we give you a backstory on uh, the Sue Storm and and uh, Johnny Storm's father, people will be like, no, don't don't care. I don't. Yeah. I want to see superheroes. You know, <laughs> like yeah. this is just so such an obvious setup for a sequel that they don't. They fail to realize that the first one has to be good, guys, yeah. for to even get a sequel. Like people have to like what's going yeah. on, and it, it lacks so it lacks originality in almost every sense of the word. There's not an original composition no. of a shot in this movie. There's not an original line of dialogue. There's not an original concept of the plot. There's not an original motivation for the villains i mean it's just the most typical awful bullcrap i've ever seen in a superhero movie i mean this is and it's not just us i mean this is a historically bad flop at the box yeah. office i mean no one cared about this movie and and oftentimes when these things come out you're like well people are stupid so they'll go see it well not in this case like people were smart enough to to stay away from this it made 20 million dollars uh for 120 million dollar budget um, I, I'm guessing, I think estimates are at, like, it'll maybe round out at a little over 40 domestically. And, uh, I mean, it's already done at the theater. I mean, uh, it's like poison as so of right now. Here's the ultimate test, <clears throat> excuse me, of a, of a bad movie. This is a, a Roger Ebertism. I don't claim originality on here. So, uh, the movie Fantastic Four is an hour. Here's the ultimate test. The film is an hour and 46 minutes long. Would you rather... <laughs> sit and watch all hour and 46 of Fantastic Four again or sit in a theater with just a blank projector screen for an hour and 46 minutes. Which would you rather do? Yeah. I think yeah. I'd go blank. All day. Yeah. No <laughs> Create question. my own movie. Yeah. No question. Yeah. yeah. That's how you tell. And That's it's how... so, it's, it's, I mean, Trank is just blinded by what he has created. He actually, it's sad because he thinks this is good. And uh, he, he'll go on and say, well, my original cut, the critics would have really liked that. Uh, well, no, because, I mean, there's nothing you could have changed in an edit or with a reshoot that could have fixed this in the year. Like, that a studio made you change 
unless he had a completely different hour and 40 minutes with completely different performances and a different script, then maybe, yeah. uh, but that's not the case. Um, yeah, that's, that's, what's amazing to me. Cause I, we could not, I try to avoid reviews before I go into a movie, but I, there was no way to avoid the press on this one. And all of the, pretty much all the, all the articles I read beforehand noted that the, the last 15 minutes felt completely different than the, the previous, I don't know, seven hours or whatever it was. Cause gosh, it felt that long, but, and, and that's the, I guess that's the dispute between Trank and, and, uh, Fox Fox did his film, right? Or is it Sony? Yeah, it's 20th Century Fox. Fox yeah. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I noticed so which the difference was his, too. are you saying? Like, the, the first part? The idea is? is that the last 15 minutes or 20 minutes, or the wrap-up, essentially, was not what he envisioned and not his oh. his concept. And I, I can kind of see that in terms of, like, it did feel like a slightly different tone. The, and first, it is the very... first 50 minutes is the worst part. Oh, I totally agree. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not yeah. saying he's... Yeah. I'm saying he's right in his his complaint as far as like it you're right it does feel different but that doesn't make the the previous hour and a half any good in fact I think the last 15 minutes while extremely formulaic and uh straight out of the I don't know comic book movie 101 at least it sort of felt familiar so at least that kind of felt I guess it was was that was the best part of the movie was the last 10 or 15 minutes and that is still an f so but I think that the previous hour and a half is such a freaking mess that there's no way that he that you can look at that and say well the studio ruined my movie by jacking with the the third act well no they didn't because the first two acts are are an abomination are a are it's it's that's some of the that's might be the worst hour and a half of any comic book movie ever and that is saying something when you consider the aforementioned batman and yeah, Robin, Edge. <laughs> and yeah. green lantern and catwoman and daredevil and the ghost rider movies i mean there's a long history now of really bad comic book movies and this is just the dark knight yeah the, the best the best <laughs> thing about the, the batman and robin though is that it didn't take itself serious. This t- this takes itself 130% serious. Yeah, and that's where it, that's why it's it's so offensive. Because is, like I feel like 8-year-olds liked Batman and Robin. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think kids would like No, this I'm not kidding no, Richard. There's no way. I I walked out of the theater and sat there and uh was calling my Uber and uh a little kid probably 6 or 7 walked out with his dad and the first thing he said to his dad was I like the old Fantastic Four movie better. Like <laughs> Uh, so it's not even working on even the smallest kids. And it, this is clearly a movie for adults. That In fairness, just... that kid was a big Nip Tuck fan. And yeah. he was <laughs> excited to see I could tell. He had, a, yeah. he had actually had a tattoo of that, uh, the logo of Nip Tuck. So, yeah. so he was a big a fan d- of that d- Julian d- McMahon guy. So, I mean, he's kind of, I think Trank is right when he says that kid's kind of loaded against this. This was, uh, <laughs> and it's, it's such, it was so obvious that it was going to be terrible. I mean, I think we talked about it mid uh, like March or something, and we're like, guys, this is going to be awful. Can't wait for Fantastic Four. And then we, <laughs> we have... got emails like, I think, hold your jets, guys. I think it's going to be pretty good. Uh, th- I mean, it's so obvious this was going to fail because the cast hadn't even seen the movie when they did the press junket. That's not a good sign. Didn't even know what they were. I mean, they probably. Might have thought it was going to be okay, but I mean, Miles Teller went on the record, and and big mistake on his part, that it, yeah. and it went out of junket and said, "Well, critics don't normally like these kinds of movies, 
So we're not worried about that. Well, Miles, I have news for you. Okay, I'd like to introduce you to. I'd about like to introduce films. to you, yeah. Watchmen, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, Iron Man, Iron Man Two, Iron Man Three, The Avengers, The Incredible Hulk, Thor, <laughs> Thor: The Dark World, X Men, X Two, X Men United, The Wolverine, X Men First Class, X Men: Days of Future Past, Captain America, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. The Avengers, The Avengers 2, Hellboy, Hellboy 2, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3, Batman, <laughs> Batman Returns, Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant-Man, Kick-Ass, V for Vendetta, Superman, and Superman 2. Just to name a few. So, But other than those. But other than those, pro- you know, generally yeah, they that's, don't. It's a small sample size, though. I mean, you've got to admit. I mean, guys. Dude. Where where did it all go wrong for you, Brian? Uh, like the first minute. I mean, it, the, the this classroom, is, the kids in the classroom. Oh, and yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Whole... I mean, this is this is really one of those movies where if I had had zero press, if I did not see a Rotten Tomato score, if I had lived under a rock for the last eight months and I just got out from under a said rock and walked into a theater. Which is what you would do if you had just gotten out from a rock. I oh, know yeah. You- if I totally and if I wasn't on this podcast, I would live under a rock. But um, <laughs> if I in that circumstance, I could have told you in the first five minutes, this is going to be a terrible movie. Like those kids were awful. Neither, and I don't like to bash on kid actors because they're kids and they don't necessarily. Oh, well, we anything. say that for our other podcast where we only right. bash on kid actors. Right. Mad about kid actors. <laughs> and we're serious about the mad. <laughs> um <laughs> we Brian and I got turned down from a lot on, of auditions when we were kids, and we're still yeah, yeah. our anthology on Jake Lloyd is breathtaking. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, it's, like, it's a new serial. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the the soundtrack is the same too. We call um, him and stuff. Yeah. It's like, so I called no, Jake. It, to get that was a, episode one. not just. Hey Jake, you suck. suck. <laughs> our Jonathan Lipnicki episode was pretty good, though. I mean. Yeah. And then the three-parter of um, Zachary Tar- Ty Bryan, Taryn Noah Smith, and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yes. You know, that was our best three-parter, I think. <laughs> really great one. Trilogy. The way it all tied trilogy, together at yeah. the end. Yeah, that trilogy of that. <laughs> yeah. That two hours on The Lion King. Hmm. Go Some ahead, Brian. <laughs> Sorry, we're on a tangent. Um, no, I think you could tell from the get-go, okay, these. it's not just that those kids can't act, it's that this director thought that this was a good idea, thought that this scene, this sequence that really doesn't make a lot of sense and has terrible acting and is terribly scripted and extremely uh, cliche. I think that was just a, a harbinger of things to come because everything you, you touched on it, can everything in this movie is pretty much a knockoff of another superhero or sci-fi movie. And it's, it's so shocking and depressing. Because you mean that a, Brian, you mean that a science experiment gone wrong isn't uh, an original way of gaining yeah. superpowers? You, you mean to tell me that? You mean to tell me that uh, that villains want to militarize this technology? Uh, that's not an original? You I mean, how, come on. You know how NBC keeps taking good cable shows and trying to dumb them down and turn them into NBC shows? Like, they did that Katherine Heigl show, which is basically a really bad Homeland knockoff and... Uh, what was the one was it I think it had Hope Davis that was basically the Americans yeah. light and they it's like it's like it you're taking the worst aspects of good shows homeland especially because there's nothing bad about Americans but taking 
the stuff that doesn't work that well and trying to create a show out of it. That's what this felt like so much. There's so much similarity to between this and the worst of the Spider-Man movies in the first 20 minutes. Like that's all it felt like was another Spider-Man origin story, except way, way, way worse. Like all of those movies jump up a grade because of this movie, you know? Um, Apparently Max Landis, who did Chronicle, wrote a script for this that was like really good and like gritty and and almost R-rated but Fox was just like no just no yeah. and then they bring in I guess Josh Trank did it but Simon Kinberg who I've liked his work in the X-Men series mm-hmm. uh was brought in for some screenplay work here and and not really sure what he what he did but another writer also Jeremy Slater who brought us uh, the Lazarus effect um <laughs> Also worked. Big. Big. I love the way you said that. Just so much angst and <laughs> Just, anger. I mean, that was voice. pretty much the the top movie of February twenty seventh. So <laughs> it's uh, big time, big Man. time. But um, I mean, just hugely, hugely un- unoriginal uh, story. And that oh, yeah. I mean, it's just if you're gonna reboot it, you gotta bring something original to the table. Something, you know, Batman Begins as the ultimate. I guess. Typical reboot. Oh, it's what people refer to the most when they reboot it. Like, wow, imagine if Gotham City wasn't this comic book place. What if it was a real place like Chicago? And, oh, what if Bruce Wayne was actually this kind of billionaire stockbroker type figure? And, uh, you know, sure. bring something original. Tell the story in a new way. They don't tell any story no. in a new way at all. And all they did, guys, they're like, what if we just remove the saturation from the picture and make everything look really <laughs> dark and muted? That means it's mature. Gosh. You know, it looks terrible, doesn't it? Yes. Like every all the the effects look terrible. The thing in 2005 looks so much better than the thing in 2015, and that well, that's just never also happen. the charisma of the Chickalus too. <laughs> that's true. She's got that shield sheen to him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tim Blake Nelson, guys, bright spot. You know your movie's good when Tim Blake Nelson is the uh, the bright spot of the. Yeah. The blockbuster. Who's, who's I like the I worst like. character from from the the MCU. Let's get him to uh, to play a character here. Like <laughs> that's yes, I mean, yeah. It's it, it's so disappointing to me because I I haven't seen Chronicle since I think I've seen it once since since theaters. But I thought that was such it was such a unique film and such a fresh take on a very tired uh, uh, medium. I guess with the found footage genre as a whole. I thought they did. I thought Trank did such a magnificent job with that. And I, I don't understand how this film, it's not, I don't think you can, I think we're going to get some people who will say, well, the studio screwed him. The the studio messed with him, but you can't, you just, I just don't see how you can sit and watch this movie and, and say the only thing wrong with this is studio meddling. That just, there's not enough, I think you can see that on some movies. I think Avengers 2 is a great example. Age of Ultron, I think you can totally tell what is Whedon and what is Kevin Feige and how those two blend together. I think you can totally see the studio interference or the studio meddling or whatever. And he still turned out a pretty stinking good movie. Um, 
this is there. I think the difference is you can see the bones. You can see like what, why that would work, why it wouldn't work, why it didn't go the way it did, or why it went the way it did and didn't go this way. I think you can see that stuff. You, there's nothing here. There's nothing in Fantastic Four to look at and say that's the vision. That man, it just it's too bad that it got messed up or or anything like that. This is just a total and complete cluster mess that has no. It has no business being a feature film, honestly. Like this is this is the type of stuff. This is like if you gave an eleven year old one hundred and fifty million dollars to make a movie. That's that's what it comes across as. And I don't, yeah, I'm not. I don't understand that. To be honest, like I don't understand the disconnect between Chronicle and Fantastic Four. Like it, it something Max is Landis. Wrong. Max Landis. I'm telling you. And maybe that's all it is. Maybe he's just had a great script that yeah is able to to put to put to screen, but. Man, I, 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 like I said, I wish I would have had time to go back and watch Chronicle to see if maybe I'm just misremembering it or I built it up in my head. But I thought that was a, that was bordering on a great movie when I saw it. And, and this is so the complete opposite. Like this, I, I feel, I want to go back and re review Pixels and give it a better grade because after <laughs> seeing this, like Pixels doesn't seem that bad anymore. And I, I mean, listen to our review. We destroyed Pixels. This is, don't, for me at least, this is so, so much worse than Pixels is. Uh, any subscriber to the auteur cinema theory um, knows that the success or failure of a film is totally 100% dependent on the director. And I consider I don't consider Josh Trank an auteur filmmaker yet. I mean, he has literally two movies to his name. Uh, but, I mean, he's, he's never going to get there because it's just – this is – you're right, Brian. It may be a career ender. I, I can't see him. He's going to have to pull something out of his butt, fund his own movie to yes. to regain the trust of a, a big studio. And right. not only was this movie terrible and a huge flop, but I've heard Josh Trank is just a horrible human being. Yes, like that's just, the thing. Everyone just yes. hates that guy. And uh, And I saw the Comic-Con panel for Fantastic Four, and he just seemed like, I mean, between him and Zack Snyder, I can't tell who I hate worse <laughs> i just can't i mean i've liked some of snyder's work on film um and i've been vocal about that on on some things that i've liked that he's done some originality he's brought to his work but totally. i mean as oh, a yeah. person just yeah. some of the most unbearable people i've ever seen um or heard talk so i'm I'm so glad this failed just so we don't and he's have not to. even that jacked which is the most disappointing. Yeah, it's, it's seriously <laughs> yeah. yeah do you even lift um, <laughs> yeah i'll do you i lift. think I kind of think the only way that he can salvage his career at this point is if if he disappears for a year and comes back with some sort of medical diagnosis and says, whatever, like, I don't want to, you know, I'm bipolar and I just got myself medicated and figured out how to make, you know what I mean? Like, I think that I don't see a way unless he has something legitimate to blame it on some sort of medical reason for the way cuz the the rumors of of what has happened on set you don't usually get that kind of thing we we get in variety or what or to hollywood reporter you you know you can you you usually get uh there are creative differences that's usually kind of the the terminology that just gets thrown around whenever there's a difficult production you don't usually get the details that we've gotten on how awful uh the set was for this movie and how awful Trank was offset as well um it's i don't know how i just i just don't i don't know how you come back from that 
without being able to blame it on something serious medical medically related i yeah I, and i'm not I, I i hope he would not go back go off and like you know make something up but if he's got something going on then that maybe that changes things but as it stands um you he's come across as a miserable person who also tried to throw you know bite the hand that fed him essentially and after i think fox went out of their way to try to make it seem to, to try to make it easy on him and not make it seem like he was a terrible miserable person um until he started running his mouth and and i don't i just don't know how you come back from that i i, I don't see it happening i want to get into some some specifics here guys um the setup is just awful the reed richards character as the kid and as miles teller is just a cringe this movie Gosh. is an hour and 46 minutes of cringe i the, did you this, know that the kid the kid uh reed richards was it, it looked like a kid but it's actually the cup right the cup made an appearance in the interrogation <laughs> yeah. scene i don't know if you noticed oh that. yeah he did cup was there i ha- i almost pulled out my phone and took a picture of the screen i was like the cup it's it's just sitting on the table. Just the, ultimate, the ultimate character actor. Yeah, the yeah. cup is his resume is getting impressive. It is. We need to make an IMDb page for the cup and just <laughs> put him in there. Oh, that needs to happen. But there's a scene where basically Reed Richards meets Kate Mara or flirts with Kate Mara in a library, and it's just oh, the awful. worst. And they're talking about that, they're yeah they're talking about. Uh, 20,000 leagues under the sea and he's talking about it like it's some secret yeah. novel like nobody's <laughs> yes. heard of it yes. before <laughs> yes she's like yeah i know what it is like yeah. it's uh pretty pretty well known yeah. jules verne yeah. it's it's a horrible awful Gosh. uh scene there's no chemistry between anyone at all and and top 10 scene in the movie easily yeah and there's <laughs> one um there's a movie there's one after that where so basically, uh, the doc, uh, Sue Storm's father and her, you know what they they're trying to break the uh, the code to open up the fabric of space time as we know it. You know what? You know what? Good place to go find that person: yeah. a high school science fair. <laughs> <laughs> like why? Why would they go there to find? It's like volcano trick, volcano trick, balloon <laughs> statics experiment, yeah. balloon static experiment. Oh yeah, you don't understand. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You can create a black hole out of a, a machine you made in your garage. That's exactly what we're looking for. Really? Oh, I built awful. a car engine out of a vacuum. So they recruit Reed Richards and Ben Grimm for some reason because he works at a car parts shop. Yeah. So that's, that's the only connection we have there. Uh, they re- the better parts of the they recruit him and they, they, they hire him to come build a machine for them. And it's just the cheesiest montage scene of all time. I mean, it's it's... Live to win till you die. <laughs> I was just waiting for that, and it's just the worst. And uh, they're like, they show Johnny Storm and and Reed Richards like writing on numbers on a chalkboard and like adding like oh, uh, I, I I almost walked out at that point. I mean, that was the point where I was like, I am totally totally out on this. It was so cliche and and awful and 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 uh, so after that, they decide that they want to go use the black hole themselves. So what do we get? A suiting up montage sequence. Right. Dun, 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 Good dun, thing they dun, just dun. had those suits on hand. Yeah, that's very that fit. That fit them all perfectly, and they right. had the exact amount. Um, yeah. But I mean, just so bad. And uh, the the Doctor Doom character, Toby Kebbell, uh, I don't understand what they were even doing with this villain. I could not believe 
When we get to the third act, and spoilers now, I guess, if you've never seen this, but when we get to the third act, and uh, so basically they they decide they want to go to this other dimension and just check it out. So they go <laughs> they go over there. Uh, Doctor Doom or Toby's character gets strained behind. For some reason, they go back. I mean, everyone almost dies instantly, but you know what? We should probably go back to that place. They go back, and uh, and uh, Doctor Doom's there. Doctor Doom comes back, and um, there, there's still no action. I mean, they they gain superpowers. And guys, did you see Miles Teller's superpower? Did you see how ridiculous <laughs> he looked yeah. when he was strapped it's to that table? Terrible! It looks terrible. I, man. <laughs> all the effects on this it's it's an it's not only a bad movie it's not only a poorly directed movie but it's an ugly movie too and that that should never it should never happen you should at least be able to say the special effects were pretty good i mean michael bay movies look great okay like michael bay is a horrible horrible director on every on every level that you uh, the way that we understand movies Michael Bay doesn't know how to do it but all of his movies look good you couldn't at least get that right i don't i don't know how to quantify that even i don't know how to how to process it uh the the 13 hours is coming out pretty soon for Michael Bay and that has John Krasinski so uh another miss misfire for for old Johnny i mean come on john <laughs> It might actually it's it's a serious movie though. I've never not, yeah. never seen Michael Bay try to do something serious in, except for Pearl Harbor. So well, that's And he out. knocked that out of the park. Knocked yeah. that out of the park. <laughs> but anyway, uh so It was only barely racist. So Doctor so Doctor Doom comes back <laughs> and he is just doesn't move his mouth for some reason, but for some reason voice comes out of him. Couldn't tell if he was speaking telepathically or what. Um but so he makes a lot of people's heads explode by his thoughts. Right. And uh, don't understand why he didn't just use that tactic against the Fantastic Four nope. and just make Reed Richards' head explode, oh. but uh, well, that's he, another story. He kept story. stretching his head. He couldn't. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, could. okay. All right. <laughs> but the scene with Miles Tellers and he's fighting the people in the woods, the cops, I guess, is just, oh, it's it's so bad. And, like, every demonstration of the, the – that's the only demonstration we get of the powers is him fighting cops in a in a forest and just, like – basically being stretch armstrong like bending around things and it just yeah. looks so cheesy we don't even get uh, a demonstration of the thing really at all we see uh yeah. sort of some footage of the thing some like destroying clips. a tank yeah. yeah and um and so okay you know what time for the time for the ending guys they send them yeah. back and they defeat dr doom in about six minutes and the movie's over i was like you have got to be kidding me this is not the end of this movie i could not believe that it ended on that note like i was like surely there's one more big like bombastic action scene where dr doom's not really dead and like he comes back to earth or something but no it ends and um there's one last scene where they're trying to think of a name for the Fantastic gosh. Four, and it is just my gosh. The worst. So it goes out on a high note. Oh, oh God, Richard! Oh, Richard, I can't I'm believe so you, jealous didn't you missed this. <laughs> you could, you could too. All it takes is a lifestyle adjustment. Well, all, you know what? All they do, they're basically uh, so they find out that the the government has a secret base called Area Fifty Seven. Mm, and uh, so yeah. they go to it. I they thought go, they were going to say one. And they that's go, where they created. Yeah, 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 that's where it, it was. See it, what they did. Yeah. There, did you know there are six other Area 51s, and this is the, the seventh? Um, but anyway, so the government basically contracts him and say, you're working for us now. Here's your new lab. 
So they all four go there, and they're looking off the balcony at their new lab, and Gosh. and they just say, you know what? We need a name. Why do we need a name? Because there's four of us, and yes. we should name ourselves. That was yes. the direct line of the no movie. Sense. <laughs> what? And then uh, uh, somehow, some way, uh, the thing says the word fantastic, and then the movie ends. And uh, it was just, just awful. But the worst part of this movie was Kate Mara. And she's you trying think? to save the day, coming back oh, uh, to, yeah. to, to, I guess, teleport the people back to Earth. And she says, I'm going to need some music. It helps yeah. me concentrate. And puts on that? headphones and, like, yep. goes to town on this, <laughs> this computer. And it's just so, so cringeworthy. And, and she, was, she was bad. Her wig was terrible. I, I've been vocal. She's my number two Mara. I'm a Rooney Mara <laughs> fan. She's great Definitely in House of Cards. Definitely the least talented of the, of the two. She's fine in House of Cards, and, and she's had a few bright spots, but I think I'm, I'm out on her. But uh, question, I'm guys. I'm a Wellington guy. Uh, Wellington's my number one Mara. Isn't that uh, the grandfather? Yeah, hate, hate John Mara, the, uh, yeah. owner of the owner of the Giants. <laughs> screw him and screw the Giants. But, um, guys, our... Where do we stand? Are we buying or selling our Miles Teller stock after this? I, I was you selling have to sell, dude. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty much confirmed at this point that Whiplash is the best movie he'll ever do, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, how do you top that if you're him? You know? Like, what do you do from here? You know? It's it's not looking good, you know? And and he's it's... tried. He, he tries like, oh, Divergent? Yeah, I'll do that. That could be huge. Oh, Fantastic Four? I'll love to do that. That could be huge. Oh, a young adult novel, The Spectacular Now? Oh, that could be huge. And they, none of them worked. I think, now, seeing, thank like, God for Whiplash of... if, he, if you're him. And seeing kind of what a tool he's been. I bet J.K. Yeah. Simmons really enjoyed screaming at him. Yeah, no joke. That wasn't yeah. acting. That was not acting. <laughs> <laughs> Play the drums correctly. Oh, we're yeah. taping? Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know what's, I think what's going to kill him is that uh, he has a lot, he has, he has a little bit of Katherine Heigl in him in that yeah. he does these, this is at least the second or third time that he's done a, a major studio movie and kind of bagged on it out as it was coming out, and that does not go over well. Like that is the that's a recipe for doing dental commercials in five years, like Catherine Heigl was <laughs> yeah. doing. Because you can't. Uh, I mean, there's ways that you can play it right. I thought Ryan Reynolds did a really good job of of making fun of Green Lantern when he was at uh, Comic Con, and in, the, and in the trailer to Deadpool, by the way, which was yeah, awesome. you can do it later. They don't care if you do it way yes. later. They hate when you do it right after exactly. the movie comes out. You, you can't do it as the movie's coming out. And he's kind of done it with this. He really did it with Divergent. Um, it's not a. It's just. And you know what? I that Esquire article that he complained so hard about talked about how the the director of Whiplash, uh, what's his name, uh, 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 Damien Chazelle. Chazelle. Thank you. Almost said Jim Caviezel for some reason, but uh, just himself. But uh, Jim, or now I can't. Damien, Giselle yeah. uh, basically cut him out of his follow-up film. So that doesn't necessarily when you're when you're trashing on your big budget movies, and then your indie friends are cutting you out of their films. Like if anybody, if anybody knows what a talent Miles Teller is, it's probably that guy because he got this incredible performance out of him. If he doesn't want to work with you anymore and the studios don't want to work with you anymore and you're you don't have 
a great track record at the box office. I I mean, I know he's not really the star of Divergent or Insurgent or any of those, but he's not helping it either. And you're the star of Fantastic Four, which is is one of the biggest bombs in in at least comic book it's, movies. It's the worst. Not all. Um, Fantastic. You're in trouble. Fantastic Four is the worst superhero movie for cinema score of all time. I, Literally I the it, worst it, of all time. And it, that's – it's tough to do that, man. Like there are a lot – there. I, I don't know. Before this podcast, I sat down and I wrote down just – went through a list of all the superhero films of the last 15 or 20 years. I guess 20 – since uh, since Batman. So the last 25-ish years. And I, I could easily write down 15 or 16 films that are really bad. And this is so, so much worse than all of them. It's It's – I th- I would I would hazard to guess that Miles Taylor unless he makes some really something really great is headed our way. Um, I don't know that things are going to go well for him moving forward. For some reason, him and Josh Trank just got along great. They're just the well, best of friends. A trilogy of of Miles Taylor Josh Trank movies is on the way or something. No, oh, I don't know. They just seem like for some yeah. reason they would they would be great friends. Uh, but let's move on, guys. Let's go on to grades. I've I'm spent on this. I don't want to talk another second about it in my life. And I'm sure we're going to get a lot of emails from some people. Well, it was pretty accurate to the source material, but I really don't give a crap. Well, it was boring. The source material is terrible then. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't even care about Fantastic Four to begin with, I'll admit. Um, and I don't think the general public does either. And Fox is probably pretty pissed off because this is one of the only, besides X-Men, this is the only superhero Marvel well, superhero that they have left. And all, guys, yeah. all they need is X-Men. They could do 50 more movies on X-Men and and I'd be cool with it. So I think that's what makes this so interesting though is because they they've already announced the second Fantastic 4 movie, but there's no there's no way there's, no, there's no way, no way that they can made. pump 150 million dollars into this movie because like it's not even doing well overseas. Like that's where you always find your saving grace. It only made 30 34 million overseas. So it yeah. Right now, it's sitting at probably a hundred million dollars under budget before you get into ads and it's and marketing, and it is not going to get much better. So, yeah, I don't see how they can do that. And at some point, those rights revert back to Marvel, and then Marvel gets to make their own origin story. So we'll probably get a third retelling of the Fantastic Four origin story in five to eight years. You know, it'll be slotted yeah. somewhere and. Uh, Marvel Phase Five or something, but and they'll do it, they'll do it decently, and it'll be the one where you're like, why didn't we just do this in the first place? But the the rights aspect of it makes the whole thing even that much more interesting. I, it would be such a huge mistake for them to keep trying to churn these out, but but they also don't want to just give those rights up. You know, they don't want it to to lose whatever asset they might have. I, it's I'm I'm kind of fascinated by that more than anything else revolving around this disaster of a film because i i, I want to know what's going to happen with that let's do grades i'm going to give it an f minus 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 four <laughs> minuses for this one really really bad and a complete waste of time by everyone yeah. brian oh yeah it's a it's an f and uh you know last couple weeks ago on pixels i said something like the mount rushmore would would probably be Jupiter Ascending and Lone Ranger and Pixels and and maybe Draft Day and uh, I oof, I still think Jupiter Ascending is worse, but I could I think I could sit through Jupiter Ascending again before oh, I God. could sit through this. Like <laughs> I don't I, know. I, I it, both of them are 
whew, on a certain level of of incredible awfulness. But but it, you know what? I I laughed in uh, in Jupiter Ascending not not when they not when the Wachowskis wanted me to at all. But but it was so bad that it was comical, like like B movie bad almost. And this is because it's because it's just it's trying so hard to be serious and it's it's trying so hard to to jumpstart a an entire franchise and that the performances are just so freaking bad like is reed richards retarded like i i don't <laughs> he might be I, yeah i mean at the beginning he's very cocky and nerd at least nerd cocky and then after about 15 minutes suddenly he's like like autistic or or something yeah and I, I, I don't understand there was no, I don't know. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no consistency, and that's Trank. But it's also Teller. I'm sorry, but you can. Liam Neeson famously on Phantom Menace just everything that George Lucas told him to do, he just said okay, and then did the exact opposite. Like if you're a good actor and you've got a terrible director, you can figure something out. You can figure out a way to not look like you're completely and totally lost from scene to scene. Anyway, um, this is it's an it's not. It's not only a terrible movie. Like this is legitimately this is this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And it and I'm I mean like top top three or four movie worst movies I have ever seen in my life. And what, boy, what a what a mess that is, and what a letdown, and and what a wasted opportunity. Because I I do think you can make a good Fantastic Four movie, and I don't understand how this one got so off track so badly. Richard Grade, real quick. Uh, I'm going to give it a G okay. <laughs> for great, for great, right? For fantastic. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm going to go, uh, I'll give it the old Kent Garrison patented F minus minus minus. I'll, I'll send you the, uh, licensing fee on Venmo. Okay. Yeah. Real, uh, real quick. One question, Richard, mm. um, <laughs> great movie or greatest movie. I, I don't think it's either. Well, you got to give me an answer. What's <laughs> one or the other? I don't. So I'll put you well, down for greatest. <laughs> Well, it's definitely not the greatest. Okay, I'll just put you down okay, for great. Great, great movie. All right, <laughs> okay. understand. Write that down, put it on the website. Richard Barden, great movie. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Weekly recommends. Logic against me. <laughs> I'm going to hit our quick recommend here uh, towards the end. Uh, saw the Deadpool trailer. Looks awesome. Deadpool is going to be big and fun. And man, I'm excited for it. Did y'all see it? The opposite of Fantastic Four. Yes. Opposite. It looks original and. Um, extremely violent and and man everything i wanted it to be and that might be the the ryan reynolds role that mean i mean besides van wilder of course but i mean that might be the one 
uh, superhero role that that Ryan Reynolds can actually accomplish. But excited for that, and uh, so go check out the trailer for Deadpool, the Red Band trailer, if you haven't seen it already. And T.J. Miller's in it, and love that guy as well. So that's my recommend, uh, Brian. Yeah, I'm just going to recommend a network, and I think I think Richard and I have talked about this in the past. It's summer. There's nothing on TV. Sports are dead. Uh, if you have a significant other of any sort, you should be watching HGTV just all the time. It's on my on in my house all of the time. Richard and I wrote a piece for Thought Catalog last year on HGTV for men. Uh, we can probably link that at some point, and you'd be welcome to to go and read it. But it's the kind of perfect. Uh, couple network i guess like i my wife gets tired of me watching sports center i want nothing to do with uh like bachelor in paradise or any of that sort of stuff and so we real housewives like have a yes soup. yes yeah. good grief um we end up settling on hgtv and uh it's always highly entertaining so check out all just put it on hgtv just kick it on in the background and uh and enjoy that and and we'll try to link out that the uh the article we wrote last year for uh that thought catalog yeah and uh, Check Richard. that out as well. Richard, you got to recommend? Yeah, uh, I, I did the... Uh, I got a lot of good feedback last week on the This Is Water, David Foster Wallace speech, some really nice emails and tweets and stuff, which is cool. Thank you guys for uh, actually listening to my recommend. And the uh, the movie, uh, The End of the Tour, came out. Saw it yesterday. It's excellent. So The End of the Tour, uh, Jason Siegel, Jesse Eisenberg, as much as I hate to say, is fantastic. And uh, and James Bonzel directed the crap out of it. So now I just hate Miles Teller. For, uh, nice. For now. Nice. The cup well, shows up uh, a few times too, and it's it's really interesting the the kind of '90s makeup and fashion yeah. they put on the cup to make it look authentic to the time period. Great. Well, Brian, where can I find you online? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill 12 You can find my writing occasionally at the MadAboutMoviesPodcast.com website. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Richard Barden or at RichardBarden.com. Kent, where can I find you? Find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison and find every episode we've ever recorded on our website at MadAboutMoviesPodcast.com. Please leave five stars on iTunes if you like what we do. And if you would like to keep the show going, you may donate the amount of your choosing. Uh, U.S. dollars, please. Via our website <laughs> at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Just click the donate button on the homepage. And until next week, fellas, we'll see you at the summit. Bye. Bye. Baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salad and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salad and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Your salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.